Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second episode of the Turnbuckle Takeover, and I'm excited to do this. Royal Rumble was fantastic. Um, I can't speak any more volumes on the booking. They did a fantastic job. Who won needed to win. Who lost needed to lose. So what I'm thinking right now is, is I'm going to jump right into Drew McIntyre. Okay? First off, this guy is well-deserving. He's been busting his butt in the indies um, for quite a long time. He jumped to Impact and did a few things over there. Won the world title over there. Um, it's his time. He's prime and ready, as I said in the last episode. Um, it, it's He did a great job. He really he really did. Um, Royal Rumble was just full of surprises, wasn't it? Uh, I had heard rumors of Edge, and we got Edge. That's awesome. Uh, good for him. The pop that he got was fantastic. He um, he really has that star power. When Edge comes out, you're like, oh, wow, that's Edge. Like, he's got it, what you're looking for in the wrestling business. Uh, I'm grateful that the doctors cleared him. I'm happy for him. Uh, I know he didn't like going out the way that he went. And um, good for Edge, Adam Copeland. Uh, congratulations to you. Um, it would have been awesome if you won the Rumble, but I know why you didn't. Uh, to set the feud up with Orton, and that's understandable. Uh, you got to set storylines up in feuds. You got WrestleMania coming up in a couple months away. Um, and this is going to be really good. Mania has a real feel for good feuds. And that's what we, we want to see. We want to see good feuds. Uh, and the Edge and, and Orton have proven time and time again that they can put on good matches. Uh, as we've seen right before Edge retired and he had the tag team with with uh, Randy Orton as rated RKO. And I kind of thought when, and we'll get into Monday Night Raw a little bit, but my main focus isn't going to be on Raw this week. It's going to be on AEW and what's going on with feuds and what's going on in other promotions also. Um, I am going to touch on Rumble. This is a Rumble recap, so this is going to be a decent part of the show. Uh, but however, uh, Impact's got some things going on I want to speak about, some controversial issues that I've asked to actually speak of, and I didn't want to until I got full disclosure on what was going on, but people want to hear it, so I'm going to give my take on the whole Tessa Blanchard situation. Um, we'll get into that with Impact. But anyway, back to Royal Rumble and Raw. Uh, I'm kind of going to join these two together to make more time for the other promotions. But, I mean, as far as Rumble, they, they did everything that, that they needed to do for the most part. The woman match just turned a little flat. Uh, Becky and Asuka are always good, so the match was good itself. Um, I was a little shocked at the Rumble. I thought Shayna Baszler was going to win it, and then she come out at number 30, and I was like, ah, she's not going to win it now. There's no way they're going to pull the trigger on it now. And they didn't. And that's fine. Charlotte Flair is probably, and I've heard, again, I don't want to be a rumor mill, but I heard that it's going to be Rhea Ripley. That's fine. Maybe they put on a good match. Could possibly be. Could be a really big stepping stone for Ripley. And she's over with the crowd anyway, so... um. That's going to be a good thing to see. And I think, I don't see Charlotte, maybe she goes for the tag titles, but who would be her, her partner? I'm not exactly sure. And that, that could be interesting too. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with Charlotte. I feel, I, I mean, 
It has to be the NXT title. I don't see any other way that would make her a Grand Slam champion, which would be awesome. Um, now on to Brian and The Fiend. This match told a story. And did anybody check out Brian's back after he got the lashings from that whip? From that strap? That was crazy. Like, that guy is just amazing. Selling, amazing. Everything he does in the ring, amazing. The Fiend played a great part. They took, a red to red, took, took away the red lights, which was fantastic because you can't... Like, The Fiend's aura is just enough. We don't need the red lighting. We really don't. So I'm glad they got rid of it. I'm glad they listened to the fans on that. Um, so that was a good thing. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. In the Women's Rumble, Bianca Blair did a fantastic job. They, they, they put Bianca over. Belair is just, she, she is just amazing. I like her gimmick. Um, the hair thing's cool. It's different. She, she's going to be, she's going to be a star. I can see her going right to the main roster right now, probably with no issues and getting over. So that's saying something. And I'm glad when NXT star is, um, shining a little bit more than another NXT star and that you know that's good and shining you know more than some of the main roster people at that too um so as far as the women beth phoenix oh man she took a nasty bump on that ring post Did anybody catch that oh my gosh like the, the the back of her head completely split open blood was going anywhere at first i thought it was charlotte that had done it maybe tagged her i mean i didn't know but Man, it looked nasty, and I'm pretty sure she needed stitches. I'm not sure where I didn't look at the internet. I'm not exactly 100% sure. I'm pretty sure by looking at it, she got some, some staples or maybe stitches at least. Something. Uh, but she 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 only works like once or twice a year, and she's it's like she's in the ring all year long. Beth is amazing. I wish Beth would come back. Maybe now that Edge is back, maybe Beth will come back and have a slight run. She had a little bit when the Women's Revolution Evolution was uh, pay-per-view was going on, the all-women show. Um, that was, uh, she did okay with that. I, I don't remember exactly what she did, but, um, yeah, she is really good for her age. She really is. Um, so as far as, as the rest of Rumble, um, let's get to the men's Rumbles match. Brock dominated most of it. And I mean, he dominated. There's that one point where I thought for sure, I was like, Brock's going to win this. I mean, gosh sakes. Like, what are we going to do from here? And then I got thinking, there's no way he wins it. Got to have a feud. And when Drew McIntyre kicked him over, the the crowd was, I think, half happy and half shot. Which, nothing wrong with that if you get a reaction like that. That's pretty cool. That's good stuff. Um, it was different. And I like different sometimes. So, gosh, it was, I don't, I can't speak. And then with Edge lasting as long as he did. And the whole Orton thing coming coming about and him throwing Orton over. I thought for a minute Edge was going to win it. I really, really, really did. Um, it was a great Rumble match. I think the guys that came in, there was a some guys that were supposed to be in it weren't even in it. And I know they switched that around to do some things with Edge probably and stuff like that. Uh, but Otis and Tucker weren't in it. And there was a couple other guys that I had mentioned in the first episode of the Turnbuckle Takeover Wrestling Show that... 
there was just some guys that weren't going to win it, and some of those guys got taken out. So that's a, that's a pretty good thing. You don't really need guys that aren't believable to win it because that's just a waste of spot. You know, use some legends, get a crowd pop, anything. Surprise entrances. Uh, I did hear AJ got hurt, and that stinks. Uh, he tried to sell the edge spear that didn't even show up on TV, which that camera guy should be fired because, daggone, that was a huge moment. So, to miss that, ouch. Come on, man. Uh, what are you doing? Um, so, that's basically Rumble. I don't want to touch any more on Rumble. I really don't. I spent a whole episode on Rumble the last time, and I don't want to do it this time. So, I'm going to jump in, go ahead and jump into Raw. Uh, Raw was, uh, man, I, you know, I have a problem staying up late sometimes because I get up early in the morning. But I have been I find myself falling asleep to Raw. Every week I get excited for Raw. I, I clean the house. I make sure everything's done. And somehow Raw disappoints me. This week had its ups and downs. Uh, MVP had a goodbye match. Which by the way MVP was in the Rumble match. Uh, as a surprise entrance. Which I forgot to mention. Uh, but now that I'm on to my Raw notes. You know I look at that match he had with Ray, And I know it was something that his son wanted him to do supposedly. Uh, kudos to, to MVP. Uh, it just wasn't a good match. It was very flat. He sold to 619 wrong. I don't know how you do that because that's been on TV for the last, I don't know, 15 years maybe. So, uh, maybe it is time for MVP to call it a day and never have another match on TV. Uh, let's just hope one of these organizations like Ring of Honor or Impact like that don't waste their money on them. So, uh, we all knew Drew McIntyre was going to choose Brock. I've seen the writing on the wall as soon as he won the Rumble. Um, oh, it's going to be a good match. I'm really excited for it. Uh, Mania is going to shape up, I think, to be a really good card. Uh, with this match alone, I'm excited. I don't care if the rest of the card is the drizzling dog poops. But this match should be good. Hopefully, they give McIntyre the belt. That's what I want. And I don't want to talk too much about Mania either because we're going to have a, like, a two-part Mania episode. One on the history of Mania and one on WrestleMania right around WrestleMania time. So keep on the lookout for that too. Um, so Rollins and Buddy Murphy uh, beat Joe and uh, Joe this week. Because Joe left the match pretty much. Kevin Owens. He basically beat Kevin Owens. That's what they did. Uh, Joe left the match. He got hurt in the match. Supposedly he had a serious concussion. That's never good in the wrestling business. Uh, hopefully he gets uh, looked at and uh, Joe's okay. Um, but Joe did have a, a rough outing. He's been banged up so much in his career. Poor Joe. Uh, I, I, I'd imagine what his career would be like if he was healthy. Uh, there was a lot of times in Impact and TNA he was out. Uh, he's had knee issues. He's had shoulder issues. Now he's having concussion issues. And that's unfortunate because Joe's just awesome. And another guy that could easily carry the world title. Uh, then we had Lana versus Liv Morgan, and I think this is where I fell asleep because I don't remember it. <laughs> so, uh, they suck. They should never put them in the ring together. Vince, I, I understand it's part of the angle, but let's get this angle over with. Please. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to fall asleep during wrestling. Hell, I never did it when I was a kid. Find myself doing it now. At least with Raw sometimes, at least certain segments, I'll wake up and be like, oh, this is good. At about 10.50. <laughs> it's because I've had a 30-minute power nap. Which, I don't even sleep during the day or night, really. But here, 
when I'm watching wrestling, sometimes I fall asleep because it's not been that good. Some parts of certain shows are not that good. And uh, it's something that, I mean, you're not, not everything's going to be, I'm going to like because of who I am and what things that I like uh, in wrestling. Well, if I find something stupid, it's stupid. <laughs> uh, so Edge got attacked by Orton on the final part of Raw. Uh, I guess you'd call it the main event. Liv Morgan, Kinda, and Lana were the main event, which, gosh sakes. Ugh. Brutal. So, uh, you know, I've seen this coming a mile away. Which, sometimes booking's not bad, even if it's predictable. If it's the right predictability. So, Edge gets attacked by Orton. They do the whole RKO. I thought they were getting ready to join together. And then boom, of course, the, the Viper came out. The, the Legend Killer. Uh, and I guess you can consider Edge a legend. So, yeah. Um, I guess they're going to bring that back. And that's really awesome. Like, I, I can't wait for that. Uh, I love Orton as a heel. I like him as a good guy. But a heel, he's just awesome. <laughs> Beyond awesome. Um... But yeah, that was mostly Raw this week. Uh, Charlotte Flair did come out. Uh, she was supposed to announce who she was going to take on. And like I touched on a little bit earlier during the Raw, the Rumble recap, um, she has not said anything. So we're not sure what she's going to do other than I think the NXT title is a definite thing. I feel like that's going to happen. It would boost NXT ratings, but it's going to be a, a, a bad thing for... The women's division, because I'm not sure exactly where you go, where you go from here. We'll see. I don't know if Shayna's going to get called up completely. She could, and that would be awesome. So we'll see. Uh, so now I'm going to go ahead and kind of switch things up a little bit. Uh, I want to do an advertisement for a friend of mine uh, before I get into the next segment. Uh, my buddy Chris and Dustin have a big match on February 29th for Fusion Wrestling. Uh, they will be taking on the original Barbarian in that match. So, along with Asafi, who is a guy that actually did something awesome for me. Uh, I can't wait to watch this if I get a chance to. Uh, maybe I can get to go with them. I'm not exactly sure yet. See how my money is. Money's tight this time of year for where I live. Um, so, yeah, they are... Basically, the mouth and muscle of Fusion Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> old HBK, or I should call him Brock, but HBK just because of his attitude. Uh, he benched 365 today. He just wanted me to make sure that I let everybody know. So, uh, kudos to Chris and Dustin. Probably going to have another fantastic match. Uh, so, go out and see him if you're in the Virginia area. I do believe that's where the match is. That's where Fusion runs most of the time. Fusion's a great promotion. Uh, the little work I've done in the last few years has been for Fusion Wrestling. Uh, they're very crowd-oriented, uh, very well-done professional indie wrestling show. Uh, backdrop, everything, music, good layout, good uh, entranceway. So kudos for them for continuing on the independent wrestling scene. Um, and kudos to them for producing stars. So... I'm going to get into uh, the segment that I talked about last week, the top five matches. So I didn't dig too deep this week. I decided to go the WCW route because there's a lot of good WCW matches. Uh, really is. 
so I went pay-per-view matches, and I went basically top five WCW NWO World Championship or NWA World Championship matches. And I guess you could have went with NWO too because that was part of the promotion at one point. So I didn't really say that too wrong. Um, so I'm going to go down the list. Uh, top five that I think you should go watch tonight or tomorrow or whenever you got time on your hands. I know the Super Bowl is this weekend. But, you know, wrestling's still here for us on the network and it always will be. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead. Top five heavyweight championship matches of WCW, NWO, NWA. Number five, Barry Windham, Great Muda, Super Brawl 3. This match was just phenomenal. What can you say about the Great Muda anyway? Probably the number one Japanese wrestler, in my opinion, ever. The guy had everything you needed. The only thing he couldn't talk on the mic, but he had Gary Hart. So that's, I mean, Gary Hart's a big deal. He's a great manager. Uh, he could talk for all those foreign wrestlers like Kabuki and guys like that. So... He was just awesome at that. I'd love to see him with Bray Wyatt if he was still alive. I mean, that'd be fantastic. Um, Gary Hart was a phenomenal manager. Uh, so, I mean, of course, what can you say about Barry Windham? Barry Windham is just, <laughs> you know, Four Horsemen member. You know, all kinds of champions. Didn't do too much in WWE. When it, when it was WWF, he did get the, you know, tag team titles with Mike Rotunda. Uh, so that was awesome for him. Uh, but Barry Windham is just an all-around great professional wrestler. If I want to look up professional wrestler in the dictionary, Barry Windham is about one of the ones on the top list that I would definitely consider to be one of the greatest. That never gets his just due. So go watch that match, Super Brawl 3. That's for the NWA WCW title. Fantastic world championship match. Uh, number four, I put Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from Wrestle War 89. Man, what can you say about the Dragon and Flair? The match, you say it for yourself. If you haven't watched a Ric Flair Steamboat match, you're not a wrestling fan. And if you haven't, you need to. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even need to discuss this. It's on the list because it's supposed to be on the list. Uh, number three, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Bash at the Beach 1994, the match that Vince didn't do at WrestleMania 8 that should have been done, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why. <laughs> so, it's one of those biggest questions in wrestling things. Why didn't Vince book that? Because in the Hoosier Dome, I'm pretty sure they would have sold the entire place out. I don't care what anybody says. I know wrestling was on the downfall starting around late 92, but I don't think that really would have mattered. Uh, this just, the makings of the match, the, I mean, it got the biggest press, biggest buy rate WCW had ever done. It, it was the two biggest icons of the 80s clashing finally, maybe two to three years too late, but not late enough. That match tells the take, this is the beginning of Hulkamania and WCW pretty much, and this match meant a lot to WCW because it had it not gone over well, it would have probably been a terrible slow death for WCW even though it ended up being later on uh, number two is one of my 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 favorite matches of all time Tully Blanchard Magnum TA I quit steel cage match Starcade 85 if you have not seen this match or even heard about this match I don't care if you're 13 years old 
Go watch this match. This is telling a story. This feud had been going on for a year. There were some personal things involved in it too. But this match was everything that personified a story. And when the spike got shoved into Tully Blanchard's head, like everybody wanted to see that cocky heel finally get his just due. And Magnum was the hero. And Magnum was getting primed for the World Heavyweight Championship. You know? So, I really shouldn't say this is completely world title. Because this is for the United States title. But I had to put this on the list. Because the United States was a heavyweight title. It really was. It was just the title that was right underneath the heavyweight title. That's it. To me, it was the heavyweights for the workers. The real workers of the business held the United States title. And it had so much prestige back then, it's sad that it's lost its prestige right now. So, with that being said, the number one title match on the whole entire list has to be Ric Flair versus Sting, Great American Bash 1990. The match that signified Sting as being the next big thing. This was in Baltimore, Maryland, not too far from where I live. And if I had known about this, if I was a little bit older as a kid, I would have made my parents take me to this. This was live, I could tell by the pop, just completely amazing. Completely amazing. If you want it, that's a match that has all of it. Like... <laughs> You, you can't, I mean, it's told a story in the ring, had an angle built around it. They kick Sting out of the horseman. You get that match. You get Sting winning the belt. Exactly what should have happened. Had they booked Flair to win it, ugh, I don't know. I don't know if that would have went over too well. Uh, they were in a change of times then. They were basically changing from the NWA to WCW. So, that is basically the top five championship or title matches from WCW on the WWE Network that you need to go check out. That is the top five for this week. So, I was told they wanted, people wanted me to touch on SmackDown a little bit. Here's the deal. When I film this podcast, SmackDown is usually going on as I'm filming it. But I did get the match card. So... <laughs> There's a couple good matches on it. I don't have it on behind me right now because I don't want the sound to mess the video up. But this is what we got. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the woman's belt, like I said earlier. So now I don't know exactly, with no Ronda, with anything going on like that, I don't know exactly who Bailey's going to take on. I don't know if they're going to continue the Lacey Evans-Bailey thing. I hope not. Let's get over this and move on. Um, I'm not exactly sure who's going to take her on. Could be Baszler. I don't know. They could throw tonight. She could show up on SmackDown. How awesome would that be? I don't know. It's 8.15. I'm recording this now, so I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to take on Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title tonight. I could see a title switch unless this new faction that they're supposedly causing, call, calling the, the War Horses, which is going to be Cesaro, Ziggler, and Nakamura and Sami Zayn. So, I don't know if they're going to cause Braun to lose this match tonight. I could see that maybe happening. Um, also, be on the lookout for the Roman Reigns fiend thing to start tonight. Because I have a good feeling that that is going to be the WrestleMania main event for SmackDown. Roman Reigns 
versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I don't see anybody else on that SmackDown roster that would be good enough to take on The Fiend at this point. Uh, Roman had an awesome win against Corbin at, at the Rumble. They had a decent match. Um, I hope this thing is over with. I don't think it's not because the next match on SmackDown is actually a match that happened last week and it's happening again. Another six-man tag is Ziggler, Corbin, and Rude versus Roman Reigns and the Usos. Again, it was a great match. I, I thought this was over with. I guess not. I don't know if The Fiend maybe gets involved in this match. I don't know. So we'll see. SmackDown's on now. They're calling it Super SmackDown. I don't know why. It's not an extra hour tonight. Uh, confused. Maybe someone could shed some light on that for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I have no interest on seeing or hearing why they want to call it Super SmackDown if they're not going to change anything about the show. Doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, so NXT this week. <laughs> Here's a little story about NXT. So I actually had to go to the store for my wife. Uh, and I came back, it was the end of NXT as I was watching and writing notes for stuff for this week. She goes, who are these guys? <laughs> I said, well, that's Pete Dunne and that's Riddle. Why is he wrestling barefooted? <laughs> well, there is a lot of people in the business, like Kamala, who was a Ugandan giant from the Ugandan village in Uganda. So, um, she didn't like it. She thinks it's nasty. And I get that because, you know, it's different seeing a wrestler with no boots on. And it kind of, I guess, maybe took away from his character because that's all she noticed was his feet. Uh, and she's a real casual fan. She only pays attention to it maybe if Undertaker's on it or Degeneration X or somebody like that from back in her, her you know, the Attitude Era from when she was growing up and when she did watch it because she did used to watch wrestling. Um, she's kind of gotten out of it. She don't really care for it right now. Nothing's really interesting her. But she said this to me. She said, they're setting the moves up for each other. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I can tell when they're helping each other with the moves. That's a big problem. Because a casual fan can notice that. And after I went back and looked at the match, and taking nothing away from Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, by the way, or the Forgotten Sons, because they're all amazing workers. But you can't let your moves look like you're setting up. You can't anticipate your moves. Someone told me that early in, in, in my wrestling career for a little bit that I had, and I can't even call it a career. I trained, and that was, had a few matches, so I'll take that. But somebody told me early, early on in my career, don't anticipate the bump. And that's what they're doing. They're anticipating the bump. Sometimes, you know, and that comes with, with time you adjust and, and, and things become, become different. Um, so you, you learn not to do that so much anymore. Uh, so, here we go. Now, Finn Balor and Seven had a fantastic match. But they're priming him for Johnny Wrestling. And I can't wait for this match. Those guys are probably going to tear the house down at NXT Portland. Take over. Man, I cannot wait for this match. Probably high pace. It's got a story. A lot of attacks. The whole Finn Balor story coming in NXT. Basically saying, I'm the man in NXT, nobody else is shit. Um, that's the storyline I get from it. Uh, so there's really nothing more to touch on, except that's going to be a fantastic match when it does happen. Now, Dunn and Riddle did win the Dusty Classic. I thought the celebration was lackluster compared to other years. Uh, William Regal just basically came out and clapped. 
and they had some confetti come down. Whereas other years, you know, you might have had Dustin or, or Cody in there. Of course, that's not going to happen with AEW. Uh, but, um, yeah, I figured that was going to have a little better celebration. The match was ended up being okay, I guess. Like I said, I did have that problem along with my wife. She had that problem um, with the whole anticipating bumps. Um, but, yeah, that wherever they go with Dunn, and Riddle, I'm assuming the Broserweights are probably going to be tag champions. They might take it from the Undisputed Era. I could see it. So that way the Undisputed Era could go up to the main roster because Bobby Fish is running out of time. And I want them to have a run on the main roster, please. So, Adam Cole and Choppa is going to happen at NXT TakeOver. This is going to be a huge match. Like, I don't even know... This could go 40 minutes. This could go 40. I mean, why not? Let them go 40. They're going to tear it down. Choppa is, is just a beast. He's a beast. So, and Adam Cole, as I stated in the first episode, the new Shawn Michaels, well, it still stands after this past week. Nothing changed. Um, gosh, man, did you all catch out, catch Worlds Collide? What a fantastic pay-per-view that was, wasn't it? Just fantastic. Every match, great. Alright, so the next segment I'm going to get into is AEW. And I said I was going to touch a lot more on AEW this week. And I am. And I'm glad that I've only been talking for about 30 minutes. So this gives me some time to talk about Impact and AEW. I'm going to start off with AEW. Their show fell flat this week. This was another show, unfortunately, I fell asleep halfway through again. I went back and watched it. John Moxley and Chris Jericho. It's so funny because they're WWE guys. And everybody would be crapping on TNA back in 2010 had they got Jericho because he had so many ex-WWE guys. But if it wasn't for Chris Jericho and John Moxley... I don't know exactly where this show would be. Cody's on another level. I haven't seen a guy get the kind of reaction Cody gets since Dusty. He is the new Dusty. I think Cody could go anywhere in the independent scene or Ring of Honor or Impact or WWE, New Japan, and he's going to get a huge pop, and he's, he's made himself money. Okay? He just made himself money. A lot of it. And he... <sighs> Tony Khan is doing a great job with producing this show, if he is producing it. I know there's other producers. I know Cody's helping. I know the Bucks are booking. I know Omega's got his hand in the book pile. The only thing I can say, don't overbook yourself. And what I mean by that is, they, sometimes they book themselves to lose too much. There is still a brand to be made with the Elite. I do have a problem with the, the Elite name being in the promotion. That's the only real thing that I'm like, oh, could they have called it anything else? But now that the name's stuck, AEW sounds good. You know what I mean? So, I guess it's kind of like when you eat that new candy bar, and you're like, what's this called? And it's like, oh, it's called that? Okay. I'll remember that next time I go to the store. You'll remember that the next time you turn the TV on if you enjoy Dynamite. Uh, you know, Jericho... And Moxie are going to have a great match at Revolution. 
uh, it's going to be probably one of those near falls, false finishes, a lot of hope spots, you know, probably go a good 20, 25 minutes. I love what AEW does with their main event roster. They make the main event matches seem so big. And I wish WWE did that just a little bit more. Because I know who the main event is every week on Dynamite. I know who's going to be in the main event. I know who's going to be in the main event in the pay-per-views. I know it because they're pretty smart on social media about telling you, hey, this is going to be our main event for the night. This is what we're going with. This is what we're building our show around. Even if it's not a match. Uh, a few storyline up updates for AEW, though. Um, looks like it's really building towards this pay-per-view that's coming up on the 29th of February. Uh, I'm not sure where certain guys fit in. Um, I want to see what they're going to do with the Pack and Omega titles. I'm not exactly sure who they're going to take on. Um, I don't know. There's plenty of teams. I'd like to see them take on the Lucha Bros. I think that would be a fantastic match. I don't know how Ray Phoenix is doing after his injury. Um, I'm not sure, but I'd like to see the Lucha Bros versus them. That might, I don't know, that might tear the house down. Tear it down. And speaking of tag teams, I like Private Party. Those guys are like, they're Street Profits. Like, there's Street Profits in WWE, then there's Private Party in AEW. Uh, they're a great tag team. They pull some amazing moves. I wish they'd slow down just a bit. Also, they need to slow down. Moonsault, 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 pinfall does not work. Moonsault, let sell, play to the crowd, pick the guy up, hit him with another move, pinfall. Slow, slow. Let the fans invest in it. It's got to be slow. So we got the inner circle drama with Moxley. Uh, it looks like Moxley keeps getting the upper hand on him. He's being smart. Smart baby faces are not bad sometimes. Feels like sometimes WWE likes to go the route of scared baby face, but I got to win this match. Whereas AEW is like, okay, we're going to make our baby face strong, and he's not going to be an idiot. Makes perfect sense. Moxley's certainly far from an idiot. Um, this Dark Order stuff. I don't know who the leader is. I have a good idea. In fact, he got released by WWE not so long ago, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Luke Harper. But do you know who else I'd join in this group? To make this group mean something. If you bring in Luke Harper as Brody Lee, and then has Darby Allen, who is already a dark character as it is, join the Dark Order... Problem solved. You got a great group. I don't mind the evil Uno guy. Other people do. I like the mask. I think it's pretty unique. I don't like his wrestling attire so much. Um, the mask is awesome. I think he should wrestle maybe with a different attire on. Maybe something more original. I don't know. Uh, but AEW's got a long way to go. Um, I really feel like that they should really decide on what route to go as far as how many WWE guys that they really do hire. And let me explain. Sean Spears has kind of got lost in the shuffle. 
I've seen him on Dart. He had a really good thing going on with Tully. I'm not exactly what sure what happened with that. I know Tully got attacked at that pay-per-view and got took a bump and all that. We really haven't seen much of him since. Um, I know that Spears was looking for a tag partner. So he may be entering the tag division, but Sean Spears is a great singles performer. Um, I do feel like AEW needs a singles undercard title, and that's actually hurting their mid-carders right now because the mid-carders really have nothing to fight for. The only thing they're really doing is somehow earning a world title shot when they could be actually fighting and having good matches for a title that isn't the world title. Um, I will say this. AEW has fantastic championship belts. They look like world wrestling championship. They look like wrestling belts. They look like they're, they're, they mean something. Where, you know, you can look at a boxing belt and be like, man, that belt is awesome usually because they're so big and they got diamonds on them and they look like the world champion should be carrying them. Um, I do have a thing that I like that I think that the world title, whoever holds the world title should be carrying it everywhere they go. Everywhere. Whether it be the airport, the Burger King on the side of the street, the public restroom they go in, it doesn't matter. You carry that world championship wherever you go. I love that about Flair back in the 80s. It didn't matter where Flair was. Flair, nine times out of ten, either he had the belt in his bag or he was carrying it on his shoulder. That's a world champion. Same thing with Harley Race. Those guys made those titles mean something because they weren't a prop. They were a title and they mean something. They truly do. Without championships, you don't have wrestling. You don't. I love WCW for this sole purpose. They had a cruiserweight title. They had a United States title. At one point, they had two different tag team championships. They had a United States title, and they had a WCW title. Like, and they had the world championship. At one point, they had two world championships. <laughs> so, you know, when the whole transaction came about from NWA to WCW, they had two titles and they had to merge it together. At one point, Rude had one, Sting had one. Like, it's... The titles mean something. That's the point I'm trying to get across, folks. you got to make them mean something by having the guy that's carrying it make the title mean something. That's a lost art in wrestling. Alright, so now, I think that's enough about AEW. I think you all get the point that I love it, but sometimes I hate it. Uh, and that's my main point in it. And uh, I feel like this show went flat this week. So Dynamite needs to pick up a little bit more momentum. Do a few things differently. Try new things. It's not going to hurt you. You're around for four more years, guaranteed. So try some things. I don't care. Hire some WWE guys. It really don't matter. There's nobody out there that I really want to see them get. I think they should build the stars that they have. But there's a few guys I could see going there. I really see Luke Harper going there. Good luck to him. Uh, I feel like he got used wrong in WWE. Um, it's a sad situation for him. Uh, it is. It really is because he's a great worker. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Bruiser Brody. Like, I, I, after watching the dark side of wrestling on Viceland, 
I have a newfound respect for Brody. I didn't before I watched that. So, if you ever haven't catched them, The Dark Side of Wrestling is fantastic documentaries. Some people have them loaded here on YouTube. Um, but, it, I think that it was a more real documentary than most wrestling documentaries. I feel like some rock documentaries are just staged the way they want to stage them and say the things that they want to talk about. But I felt like that was really good. Just a really good documentary. The whole Savage one was good. The Von Erics. Um, the Montreal Screwjob one was fantastic. Um, but yeah. So if you ever get a check, chance to check that out, go ahead and go check out uh, Viceland Dark Side of Wrestling. Uh, they, it's really good stuff. Uh, so now I'm going to get touching on Impact Wrestling. I wasn't going to do this. I've had four people that watched the show. And by the way, we had over 100 views on this first video that we did. Thank you so much for your support. It was amazing. I only wanted 50. I ended up getting like 120. Awesome. I don't know who watched. Thank you for everybody that did. I also had a bunch of people from other countries watching. And I hope you all continue to enjoy this. This is something, like I said last week, I do for fun. Uh, I'm not really doing it to make money, and I'm not doing it. I'm doing it because I enjoy the sport and the entertainment of professional wrestling. So on the impact. The whole Tessa Blanchard thing. Okay? Hearsay is hearsay. We've heard numerous people, on numerous occasions, tell this side of the story. That she called somebody a racist slur, which I will stay away from. Completely. I will not say that word. However, I don't believe nothing until I hear somebody say it. I don't believe anything until... I see documentation that this was said. Okay, we've had people confirm or deny that she said this. We don't know what happened before this. Did they get in an argument before this? Because I want to tell you something. How much of a racist is Tessa really? Because she's engaged to a Spanish-American. She dated an African-American. I mean, if you're a racist, you're not going to do that. So this is where I have a problem with the story. And the internet's very... It's very funny things that we can do with the internet. There's very things that we can, we can twist into a web of lies and, and conspiracy theorists out there say this and that and, and all this. Because the internet is a one-touch machine. I can type and put anything I want on there. I can put this video on in an hour. After I get done recording this. Here's what you don't do. On the day that the chick is going to be the first ever women's world champion. Ever in the history of this business. You decide to come out with this. The women that did. Why didn't they come out with this a long time ago? In fact... Two of those women used to work for Impact, and both of them no longer work for the company anymore. One of them works for the NWA Power. And this is the same girl that got caught by Botchamania this week, 
If you like Botchamania, go watch it. It's hilarious. Watching all the stuff that people do wrong and <laughs> laughing about it. I don't understand for the life of me on every nation of this world you can sit there and tell me that she said it. We don't know if she said it. We don't know. So, for people to get on the internet and say, oh, Tessa said this on the day she's going to win the title. How ironic. You wait until then? Come on. Now, I'm not taking up for Tessa. If Tessa did say this, and I don't know, okay? Again, I'm voicing my opinion. But, if she did say it, bad on her. And bad on her for going out into the crowd after the hard-to-kill pay-per-view was over with. And say she worked hard, and people could say she likes me, or you don't like me, but I busted my butt to get here. That's fine. There's a lot of wrestlers that busted their butt to get where they're at. But if you said that, you should go apologize to her publicly. And then maybe this will all just go away. Because the problem with it is, is you made a splash. And by the way, Impact was actually trending, trending on Twitter. The night of Hard to Kill. And that was the first time that has happened since Hogan was on their television. Put that in perspective. So, yeah, was it a bad decision? Maybe. Would I make Tessa my world champion? Uh, maybe my woman's champion. And that's not being chauvinist. There's a woman's division. And there's a men's division. And that's how it should stay. Can Tessa wrestle like a dude? Hell yeah, she can. Is she the best women's wrestler on this planet? You're damn right she is. But... You don't make her your world champion, especially with the state of impact right now. And let me get to the state of impact right now. Let's go ahead and go into that and get away from the Tesla thing. I've said my, I, I got it off my chest. I said what I had to, had to say about it. The state of impact is like this. What do you do next? I'll tell you what you do. The biggest problem I have with impact wrestling is this. Do not take your show to an arena that can only house about two, 200 people and you're turning around another 300 at the door. You can't do that. That's a big no-no. So if you see you're turning people at the door, maybe it's time that you go and find bigger arenas. And there, there are sports complexes all around this United States. And I'm talking some that hold four or 5,000 people. There's amphitheaters that you could easily throw this into. ECW made a killing off of doing that. So, why can't... We need bigger arenas. We need a couple more stars. And they really need to get away from these AAA impact shows that they're having every week. Oh, and by the way, I almost fell asleep through impact. Had the Josh Alexander match not come on, I might have. By the way, Josh Alexander, Canadian wrestler, who's a monster. He's a monster. He had a fantastic match with, I think, Vikingo, I think is his name. He's from AAA. Great match. 
woke me right up. I was like, okay, finally, great match, good. They put on great matches. That's not their problem. The booking's not their problem. The problem is they're trying to be too much WWE light. When you try to be like WWE, you got to stem away from that. Now, since Colla, Don Collis and Scott Demore have taken over, it's been more ECW-ish. We got Rhino, who finally is being booked like Rhino should be. It has literally took taken a company almost 10 years to rebook him the way he should have been booked in the first place as a beast, a man-beast Rhino. That was his gimmick, the man-beast Rhino. Did you hear what I said? He's a beast. He should act like a beast. Finally, he's acting more like Rhino now. Rhino is not a good guy, folks. Quit booking him like a good guy. Rhino's a heel. He's a monster heel who you could easily put the world title on. Easily. I know people are going to hate me for that, but it's the truth. Rhino is a fantastic worker. He'll do anything for the business. He don't mind putting anybody over. He's just an all-around nice guy. Had his demons back in the past and beat every one of them and came back strong as he could. Jobbed in WWE like crazy. When the dude is not a bad wrestler. It's just you put he's been put in bad situations. RVD reinvented himself. It's obvious RVD loves smoking the reefer. There's no doubt about that. RVD could smoke reefer probably all day long. But you know what's funny? He's been high his entire career, and he's put on, put on some of the most amazing matches. And now he's got this heel, cocky, I'm a sexy dude, like, chicks dig me, everybody uses my wrestling moves. Oh, man, he's playing, like, the best cocky heel ever. He's playing what Moose should be. And speaking of Moose, why can't guys get behind Moose? I don't know what he's missing. I can't figure it out. I know his interviews are lackluster sometimes. Great, great persona. He's got like the million dollar man persona. I love that. I think that's one of the greatest gimmicks in wrestling. Being a rich man. You can buy your way into whatever you want. Um, so I don't really understand why Moose can't get completely over. I don't know if he's heel or babyface. And that's the other thing. He's kind of like a tweener. Some people eat cheering. Some people boo him. So I don't really know exactly what Moose is. So you got to tell me what Moose is in order for me to get invested in Moose. So right now, Eddie Edwards and Mike Egan have a best of five series. Finally, we get a best of five series. Finally. Uh, I think this is going to be great. First match is great. Egan got the win. Uh, Egan is prime and ready for that world title. Give it to him since Cage is supposedly leaving. I think he's the guy to beat Tessa. I think that would make sense. That's good stuff. Book it. So, uh, Impact does have a few pay-per-views coming up. They have Lethal Lockdown, which is in Ontario. And by the way, it's almost sold out. Standing room only. So, for those of you who say Impact doesn't sell tickets, they do, just not a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, most of their events are 1,000 to 2,000 people. I'd like to see them get in that 3,000, 4,000 mode. That would be fantastic, but with AEW, it's hard to do that. But could you imagine if AEW wasn't around? Would Cody have stayed in Impact? Would Jericho had came with his buddy Don Callis and bought Impact? I don't know. 
there's a lot of crazy factors because of AEW coming into effect. But it's awesome for the business. Um, so right now I'm about 51 minutes. I got about nine minutes. I want to make this an hour tonight. Um, so I'm going to touch on a few rumors that have been happening on in the wrestling business. Um, this is not a rumor. This actually got released by WWE. Um, Andrade failed a wellness policy. Looks like he's going to be on a 30-day suspension. I'm praying for a United States title tournament, WWE. Can you give it to me? I like tournaments. Vince hates them. But WWE needs to do a tournament. I think it would help these younger guys get out because it'll make these mid-card matches mean something. Oh, it would be so fantastic uh, because when Andrade does come back, he can just go right into a feud with whoever you're going to make that champion, WWE. You're welcome. That's free booking information from Billy Bailey. You're completely welcome. You'll thank me later. If you ever listen to this, which you probably won't, but <laughs> it's worth a shot. Um, see if there's a few other things I can touch on. Um, Alright, let's touch on uh, some action figures. Um, there's a set out right now. Masters of the Universe with the WWE guys in it. Uh, Triple H, Ultimate Warrior, Sting and Finn Balor is in the set. Um, go check them out. They're at Walmart. They're like $14.95, I believe. Uh, my buddy bought me the Sting one. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of Sting, since we've got a few minutes, I'll tell a nice little story. Get off of real, you know, actual wrestling stuff for a second. Um... I went to WrestleCade, and if you don't know what WrestleCade is, it's the biggest independent like wrestling convention on the East Coast. They have everybody there. There's so many autographs that it's hard to talk to everybody, but it was actually one of the last times Mean Gene Okerlund was seen in public before his passing away. Um, speaking of deaths, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I know this is off a wrestling topic. I know a lot of people are Kobe fans. Uh, what a shocking development. Uh, so sad. But you never know exactly where you're going to be, who you're going to be with when bad times happen, and you don't want that. But anyway, back to the Sting story I was going to tell you. So, Russell Cade came about. Uh, me and my buddy went to have a drink because they didn't sell liquor there. Uh, we went to a pizza parlor, got pizza, and we had a couple drinks, and we then went to a brewery-like bar. I don't like beer. It's hard for me to drink beer. I get a massive headache. I'm technically a recovering alcoholic, so I don't tend to drink anymore that much. So we decided to go up to our room to take our stuff because the second part of Russell K was about to start. I go in. We get in, drop the stuff off. In my bag that I had just dropped off to my motel room, had an auto, like a Sting figure inside of it. I bought it because I knew Sting was going to be there. I didn't have enough money to buy the picture photo thing. It had sold out with Sting. It was like a hundred and some bucks. It was expensive. So me and my buddy get into the elevator. And this guy says, oh, hold the door. I was like, okay. I held the door. Guy comes in. So this little dude, a couple bags come in. I just look up, and there he is, the icon himself, the stinger. 
I have never been so starstruck in my life. I haven't met Hogan. That's one of the guys. I met Flair. I was starstruck. Sting has an R around him. Brother. <laughs> like, I mean, it was intimidating. Super nice guy. What a great... He taught us like he knew us. Like he had seen us 100,000 years ago. In another life. Like, super nice guy. I just thought that was a cool story to, to share with you. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up next week on episode three. And I hope everybody will join me for episode three. Because like I said, this is going to be every week. So get used to seeing my pretty face every week. And hopefully, we'll have some more subscribers. Please, 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 if you know any wrestling fans around the Virginia area and the United States and the, you know, in the United Kingdom and Canada and all parts around the world, please tell them. I'd love for people to watch this and give me your comments. Like, don't be afraid to tell me I suck. I don't care. Like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, I got some feedback. I got more questions than anything. Uh, people wanted me to touch on SmackDown a little bit more. Uh, I had one guy ask me if I'd do an action figure corner. Maybe when I get my backdrop set up and all that, because I have a ton of action figures and I can maybe review one each week if you wanted to. Uh, I am going to get into doing uh, DVD reviews. Uh, I thought about that earlier today. Uh, it's becoming a lost art, but we still have a lot of promotions who really rely on DVDs to get out, like Impact and Ring of Honor. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for showing up again this week and listening. Please continue to. This has been your host, Billy Bailey. And until next week, I'll see you again.